Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hey there, it is Eric J. Olson, and we are doing, once again, a live interview for the Managing Partners Podcast. And by the way, we have a little bit of construction happening in the office today. So if you hear like some drilling or some hammering or whatnot, that's what's going on. We're actually adding two more enclosed offices. But today, we're going to talk about Melissa and Melissa's law firm. So I want to bring Melissa on. Hey, Melissa, how you doing? Good, Eric. How are you? Fantastic. All right, everybody. Let me tell you a little bit about Melissa, and then we'll hand it over to her. So Melissa, Haverfield is a founding partner and managing partner at Haverfield Kaziki. Did I say that right? You did. Yes. Yes. LLP in Buffalo and the new president of the Defense Trial Lawyers Association of Western New York. That is cool. Melissa helps clients address workers' compensation, employer and legal and insurance legal issues. She also assists clients regarding personal injury. She was inspired to pursue a legal career after watching the OJ Simpson trial in the 1990s. I watched that too. <laughs> she saw attorneys Johnny Cochran, Alan Desch, help me with this. Dershowitz. Dershowitz, thank you. Dershowitz. Oh boy. And Robert Kardashian, I know that last name, and Robert Shapiro make Simpson's case and she decided to become a criminal defense attorney. That is really an interesting story. I want to hear a little bit more about that. Learn more about Melissa, the firm, and her expertise on this episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. Thanks, Melissa, as I butchered through those last names. Thanks for... Uh... <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Thanks no. for no, thanks so much for, for having me. I've watched a, a bunch of your podcasts and I, I found the conversations and, and the attorneys that you've interviewed very interesting. A little bit about our firm. Um, our firm started in, in January of 2016. Ironically, oh, we started with about four and a half attorneys and three staff. I say a half because we had one guy was part-time. So that was January of 16. In June of 2016, I found out I was pregnant with triplets. Oh, wow. So that, you know, you kind of learn to, to think that, on your feet pretty quickly. That'll change your life. Yeah. You know, it, it, I, I've heard a lot of attorneys on your show talk about how the legal community was always very supportive and, and very great. And the support that the legal community gave me during that time, because they were born in January of 2017, you know, a year after we started. But thankfully, you know, I, the people that we worked with and my family and my husband, they're all very supportive and got me on my feet and able to get back. Uh, into practicing pretty quickly. We, our main office is in Buffalo, um, but we have attorneys all across the state. You know, we, we say we can service the whole 90. We have attorneys in Rochester, Syracuse, New York City, but there's only currently nine of us. We're currently, I'm sorry, eight of us. We're actually currently looking for a ninth um, attorney. So we're, we're still a very small boutique firm, but we um, cover a broad area. And even though we're kind of physically separate, we, we're still able to talk to each other all day long, whether it's IM, text, emails, like we pretty much don't leave each other alone. Uh. Um, um, so we we predominantly practice workers' comp and insurance defense. I had big dreams of becoming the criminal defense attorney after watching OJ, but you know you go to law school and you get you get the first job you can get, um, and you quickly realize that it's the people that you work with are more important than actually the, the area of law that you go into. So I I fell in love with doing insurance defense and workers' comp defense purely because of the, the people that I got to work with. Nice. Yeah, let, let's talk about this uh, inspiration, inspiration from the OJ Simpson trial. <laughs> How, how did that come about? Where were you like in life at the time? And uh, and why, why did that inspire you so much? Well, I was, I was a big football fan. I still am today. And I was probably about 12 or 13. And all my friends are outside playing. And I just heard about this football player that got in trouble. And I just, I started watching the trial. 
channel and I was, I was glued to it. Just the, the strategy and the diligence and, you know, I wanted to believe OJ was innocent because how could a football player do that? I, you know, I love football and just watching the dynamic of all of these amazing attorneys and going back and forth and just the detail. And, you know, you knew all the evidence was stacked against him, yet somehow they found ways to pull holes. And I just, I couldn't get away from it. I watched the Bronco driving down the, the highway and I, I must've watched, I would get up every morning, start to finish and I did nothing else. So I finished watching that trial and I said, that's when I thought I was going to be a criminal defense attorney. Cause I thought that's, I was going to find that one person that was innocent and I was going to set them free. Yeah. I, I remember the trial. I definitely remember the slow speed chase down the highway with the white Bronco. That was like on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. And this is back as for maybe even before cable TV, at least uh, I don't think we had a cable TV at the time. So it wasn't, don't make you know, me sound that old, but not that old. <laughs> it was, but it wasn't like widespread. That's for sure. There was, you know, still only a few networks and they interrupted all the networks. And, uh, and that, mm -hmm. that's what everybody was watching on Friday night. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Yep, um, I remember vividly. That was interesting. Well, wow. Yeah. So hey, let's, let's talk a little bit about your current clients. So like, what are some of the challenges that your clients face? How do you help them? Oh, well, we, we service a lot of different clients. We do self-insured employers, employers, carriers, counties, and some of the biggest challenge I would say they face is just they deal with a lot of volume, a lot of details on every case. And being on the defense side, the, the stack is kind of the cards are kind of stacked against us. Um, the presumption always goes to the other side. Now, the other side might disagree with me. Ironically, my my husband is a plaintiff's attorney. So we he views things completely different than I do. You know, I who wears the white hat versus the black hat? But, you know, there's a lot of detail that goes into every single case. And I think finding the right team around you to put up the right defense is probably the most challenging thing for a lot of my clients because you got to have someone who's got the same um, thought process, the same values, the same approach. And once you get that team and you put it together, then it becomes a lot more effective streamlined process. Mm. Now, before a client reaches out to you, I'm sure sometimes, you know, they're interacting with lots of people. They probably make mistakes. You know, authorities, insurance agents, uh, all sorts of folks. What well, what are some common mistakes that they make when they try to solve their own problems before they contact you? Uh, you know, I suppose common mistakes are just maybe not knowing what they're looking at just because it's not their area of expertise. Um, so that's why, you know, they, they come to us, they say, hey, we got this situation. What do you think? How do you evaluate it? I um, mean, you know, a lot of these clients have become our friends. We've become very close with a lot of them. We've gotten great relationships with them. And that really helps us get through a claim or get through a file and you want to do really well for them because you, you've developed these relationships. So even though I, I call them, you know, we have clients that are self-insured employers or counties, some of these people have, have really become our friends and it, it makes it a lot easier to solve these problems and to get through these issues because, you know, you get to go to work with your friends. I, one client of mine, I we share a love for Britney Spears and every time I see a song on the radio, I snap or just a little picture of it. And it's just, you know, this job is hard and doing little things like that kind of help you get through the day and say, it's okay, you know, our song Lucky's playing. It's going to be a great day. And get through whatever it, it, it can humanize uh, all, all of the, the technical aspects of the job huh yes yeah. absolutely i think you you need that element or you get lost in all the the crazy stuff we actually have a, a couple of questions that have come in let me switch over here so from sean ragsdale how does your law firm tackle fraud issues using social media techniques well we do a lot of we do a lot of fraud especially in workers comp and a lot of times um, we utilize claimants own media outlets they you look at their facebook we look at their instagram um i feel like 
like I've been on the cusp of with my how old I am, just learning how that social media works. So I've learned a lot from how to pull something off of someone's Instagram, how to preserve it, and then utilize that later. You know, they say I I don't know I didn't I didn't go to that concert. Well, yeah, you did. I pulled it off yeah. to Facebook a couple of weeks ago before you realized I was looking at it. <laughs> so you know, clients kind of or claimants kind of get in their own way sometimes. In that. Yeah, and people will put everything on social media. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's a really good place for you to go to find evidence, right? Yes, absolutely. And then we have a comment here from someone I'm guessing you know, <laughs> Kyle. You're my favorite, Melissa. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, so clients, how, how do you go about getting new clients right now? Well, you know, it's it's been a very organic process process since we opened you know we're we're not a big flashy firm we don't put my our faces up on a billboard anyway it's anywhere it's, it's kind of by word of mouth and we, we work really hard for our clients like I said we, we establish these relationships with our clients and they kind of pass on the good word for us and it you know someone calls us up or we meet someone through some way and and we realize we both have the same approach to things and the same kind of core values as to how you handle cases I mean it you know it just kind of organically happens we we're very fortunate that we get to work with a lot of great clients clients and we found we're very fortunate for who we found so far that's great yeah i mean uh certainly referrals word of mouth is uh mm -hmm. is the best kind of advertising you can do but as far as like dedicated marketing whether it's for new clients or even for existing clients or to try to get those referrals is there anything that you're doing from a marketing or even advertising standpoint to try to kind of like increase the referrals or uh, do you have a program where you ask for referrals on a particular frequency like when you're at the beginning of a case or midway through or something like that we don't have any type of that referral process you know we go to we have a lot of conferences in our industry that we'll go to and that kind of helps us just foster the relationships that we have we meet new people there there really isn't a very aggressive approach to the marketing just because like i said it, it happens organically for us and i feel like if that's been working for so long you know i i don't want to change it we're not pushy we're not overly aggressive if someone needs us they, they tend to find us knock on wood and you know the clients that we do have are also doing so well that when they grow that helps us grow as well that's awesome to yep. support them grow with them definitely that's great yeah well cool uh, what, what is on your agenda for the next couple of years? Are you planning on growing the firm or kind of keeping it where you're at? I know you said you're at eight. You're looking for the ninth, I believe. Nine. Right. Yeah. You know, growth is a tricky, it's a tricky thing and you can grow in all different kinds of ways. You can grow by number of people you have in your firm, by number of clients, you can grow by efficiency. Um, right now we are looking for um, another attorney to join us just because we we work hard to try and hit that work-life balance. You know, we, get, we need to be very attentive and on top of our clients' files, um, but at the same time, you, you can only work people so hard before, you know, they break and you have to make sure that they work hard and then they get time to play hard too. So a lot of our the people in our firm have have families, they have a lot of interests and stuff that they like to do outside of work. So we have found that if you, if you allow people time to do the things that they love outside of work they give you even more when they're working um, with you so uh you know that's why we're kind of looking for someone else to kind of add to our team you know we're very picky just because the core that we have right now is just they're, they're amazing and you got to keep the environment what it is so growing people wise is difficult because it's, it's hard to find that right fit mm -hmm. but at the same time you know you got to keep the people there same for what you have so you know i we want to grow with another attorney we want to find ways to be more efficient for our clients and and i 
think one of the biggest things you gotta you gotta look at when you're growing as a firm is being willing to pivot and recognize when things aren't working, um, but also recognize when things are working and keep those things in place. It's you know it's a it's a game of seeing the the forest through the trees, and and sometimes decisions you make aren't always a popular one, but you know it's the one that's best for your firm. So those are just you know to kind of get back to your question, different ways you can grow and just different ways to do it. Yeah, you know you mentioned being very picky about who you hire, and I think that's extremely smart. We have a saying around here that when we're interviewing someone, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no, right? Mm -hmm. So right. if we're like, well, maybe <laughs> this person could do it or I don't know, then it's a no, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and, and that's worked out very well for us. Yep. You got, I, you know, I did do a little bit of background on you guys before I... <laughs> Oh on. You guys look like you have a lot of fun and, and you have a nice group of people there too. Cause I, like I told you, I'm Italian. I like to talk, but at the same time, I'm like, I got to make sure this Eric guy is, is easy to talk to, or this is going to be a struggle. So you're doing great. Oh, yeah, right, <laughs> same philosophy that we do. We got another question here. This is from Sean, who, who by the way, is, is one of our teammates. Uh, is there a consistent trend or does anything stand out when defending for workers comp? What's the usual plaintiff scenario or charge? Well, you know, the consistent trend is the presumption always goes for the plaintiff or the claimant, depending on what kind of case you're dealing with. So you have to find unique ways to defend the case. You got to kind of put on your Johnny Cochran hat and find ways to poke holes in what their story is, because and I'll take example for a work case. A claimant is at his work. The presumption is, you know, it's a work-related injury. So you got to find ways to come up with a detail or pick a detail or try to find a witness to support your side. And you got to really shift that burden back to them um, to really try to establish your case. And you have to stay diligent with it because many times we do lose. But it's all about, you know, setting a standard and trying to show that, you know, if this employer is going to fight this case, they're going to fight the next one. It's just not, you know, open season here. It's sometimes it's just about setting a standard and setting a trend hmm. um, and defending your client overall instead of each individual case. Let's say that you had a, a client that you defended maybe maybe twice, right, for two separate cases. Sure. How would that get to, say, like the third case or how would that influence the third case? Is that something like maybe you would you would let the other side know, hey, we've already defended against the same kind of thing twice or is it just you know the reputation that you and and your client have together and defending these kinds of cases how, how do you leverage that for the next case sure well a lot of times it'll be in front of the same judge um so you know if you if you're in front of a judge for perhaps the same client that they might be used to well this client is going to fight this or this client's not going to back down you can't just show up here with some itty bitty piece of evidence and think you're going to get you want. We know that client X is going to fight you on this and you better have what you need in order to establish so that. So, you know, sometimes, it, you know, workers comp, the um, claimant attorneys don't get paid unless the claimant does. So, you know, attorneys on that side have to decide, am I going to take this case? Am I going to have to sure. fight really hard? Or, oh, it's up against employee, you know, it's up against Heberfield Gazicki's employers. They don't mess around. You know, this is going to be really hard to get what we're trying to get to. Do we want to deal with this type of deal? Gotcha. So, you know, you can set a reputa reputation at the same time. You got to have a reputation of being reasonable and understanding what battles you got to fight because, you know, we're, it's a small legal community and we're all in this together. And if you're constantly combative or you're fighting things in the wrong way, you lose your ability to establish that relationship with the other side, which is also very, very important. Interesting. Kind of picking your battles, huh? Right. Yeah. What, what are your plans for post-COVID? You know, as uh, COVID is kind of winding down and masks aren't mandated as much as they used to be, you know, seems like people are starting to kind of come back into the office a little bit. Uh, yeah. What, what, what are your plans for that? Well, we're hoping to get back to some more of these the, the conferences that we have with our clients and, and 
prospective client, ironically, before COVID, the workers' comp side of things, they were actually, they had the option to be completely virtual. So we kind of went into COVID already with the ability to be virtual. So coming out of it virtual, nothing really changed for us, which was nice in that regard. Because, you know, we have people all across New York State, it will be nice to actually get back into the courtroom and see judges' faces and see people's faces to establish, reconnect and, and get a rapport with people. I think that's very important that we've been so disconnected for so long, actually see somebody's thirst for face and see them smile. Yeah. That's a whole other level of connecting versus, you know, I feel like you and I have now bonded over this, over this podcast, but it would be completely different if we were sitting in the same room next to each other. Your your relationship fosters so much better in that way. Absolutely. I'm with you hundred percent. You know, I, I have one more question about workers comp and, and COVID in particular. Number one, did, did you see like COVID related cases with workers comp insurance? And well, I guess that's, yeah, that's question one. Maybe you just answer that. Sure. Yeah, we did. We saw a lot of them, the, you know, depending on, again, the client that we have, some, some more than others, uh, but there were definitely claims out there. You know, a lot of them were successful. I should, I would say for the claimant side, only because New York state set a bar a lot lower for those claims to reach because, you know, COVID was this big, scary thing and everybody wanted to be taken care of. And, you know, everybody did want to take care of each other. You, you'd be surprised. A lot of employers want to make sure that their their employees are taken care of. And, you know, we would help them figure out the best way to do that. So some claimants were just confused as to, you know, they got COVID and they can't go to work. Is that a, is that a comp claim? Because I purely, because I can't go to work. Well, no, they, they had to establish that it had some connection to work too. So we kind of worked through those COVID claims together, both our clients, the other side, the judges. I mean, we were all kind of like, what is this world and, and how do we get to the end of it? They've they've obviously now started to slow down now that COVID's gotten a little under control, but we did see a lot of them. And I would imagine as the offices open back up, this, this could continue to be an issue going forward. Probably. Yeah. And, and workers' comp law, I mean, COVID aside, it, it turns over and it changes rapidly. So folding COVID into the mix was just kind of another day in the office for us. It was kind of, you know, we, we're very used to shifting and changing and learning new law very quickly. So I, I have a feeling that will continue to evolve because like you said, we're coming back in the office. Things are a little different now. We have a better understanding for what COVID is. Um, so that's probably going to pivot as well. What, what about the overall vo volume of workers' comp claims? Did that decrease with COVID since a lot of people were not showing up for work? You know, it almost felt like it increased a little bit. I, and I couldn't even tell you how that was possible. You know, everybody panicked and buckled down that everything's shutting down now. You know, people are losing their jobs. We were very fortunate fortunate that we didn't have to lay anybody off and we were all able to stay working during that time. There was a transition of, you know, now with people going home, if they got injured at home, was that considered a comp claim? Um, and then with, you know, it, it just it just kind of created new workers' compensation claims. The insurance offense side, the, the slip and falls and the auto accidents, that slowed down because people weren't going out, people weren't doing things. But on the comp side of things, that, you know, that kind of kept going along at a steady pace. And it may have felt a little more frantic because we all had kind of had the shift as to how we did it. But, you know, things stayed pretty consistent, I think, for the judges and, and both sides, which was great. Very interesting. Well, very cool, Melissa. Is there anything that you wanted to add before we kind of wrap things up? Um, no, I, I appreciate you having me on. I, I think, you know, these podcasts that you're having is, is great for managing partners to get out there, tell their story. Um, I, I feel like a lot of the people you have on here are very hungry for this work. And I, I think your company is great. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. All right, Melissa, what is the best way for someone to get in touch with you? Well, if anyone wants to reach out to me, uh, that would be my email, which is just melissa at hklaw.nylaw.com. Fantastic, Melissa. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And if you are a managing partner looking to spice up your law firm marketing, check out arraylaw.com. We are Array Digital and we specialize in things like websites, SEO, paid advertising, and social media for law firms. All right, Melissa, thanks so much. Take care. Thank you.